This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about Tottenham's win at Elland Road. Leeds United won, Tottenham Hotspur four, two goals from Harry Kane, a goal from Pedro Porro and a fantastic goal on his last game for the club from Lucas Moura. Leeds United are now relegated. Tottenham Hotspur will not be playing European football next season. To talk about today's game and everything else, Tottenham Hotspur, I've got three very special guests as normal. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Ricky, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Last game of the season. Thank goodness for that. eh? We got (laughs) there. We finally got there. And we seal it off with a win. I mean, it doesn't mean much, but we sealed it off with a good win and we had some good goals and there was some nice play in there. So, oh, thank goodness. Crack on the summer. Let's get this done and dusted. We've also got best-selling author Kimberly Chambers back with us. Kim, lovely to have you back. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And cheers for having me back on. Uh, yeah, it was good to go out with a win, but as as uh, Ricky said, it, it don't matter much. But... There was a good, good few goals and, and it was good to see a couple of the youngsters uh, make their debuts and stuff. That's always good to see, I think. But yeah, I can't wait for a break from football now. We've been dreadful to watch this season. So, I don't no, know what I'm going to do on Thursday nights next season. We've also got Craig Dearman back with us. Craig, how are you? I'm all right, like everybody else really pleased that the season's over. I don't think I've actually felt this pleased that the season's over in a long, long time, which uh, says a lot about the season we've had, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, it takes a bit of a relief, actually. I must be honest, it's, it just feels like that relief that, that we're done now. And hopefully, uh, perhaps I'm being a bit too optimistic, but hopefully things can change drastically over the summer. And a plus for me, seeing Kane at the end, it didn't look like a goodbye to me so let's let's hope that wasn't a goodbye Ricky let's start the show with you give me your thoughts on today's game of course as I said at the uh, 
at the front of the show. No European football for us. We had to win today. It was the first away win in the Premier League for us since January. The last one was Fulham away. Um, we had to rely on Aston Villa uh, either drawing or losing against Brighton. Of course, the full-time whistle was gone. Aston Villa 2, Brighton 1. So we uh, finished eighth in the Premier League table. But your thoughts on today's game? Oh, mate. Um, first and foremost, I think that, you know, we didn't really deserve uh, European football on the results on a whole over the whole season. All right. Secondly, I, I think that Brighton done us over a little bit. They put in most of the second teamers and uh, they didn't have their, they, they had most of the first team squad on the bench. Um, so whether they were looking to rest, I, I don't know what they were resting the first team for. They didn't have no finals to come up with or no extra games. So I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, um, it was tough. It was tough to, to to see that kind of second string in there, knowing that really and truly, as soon as Aston Villa were two 0 up, you know, uh, it wasn't really going to happen in Europe for us this season. But like I say, really and truly, on a whole, we didn't deserve it. On the game today, what was really nice after being tired and apoplectic and and frustrated with this side over the season. It was nice to see them come out up for a fight. It was a hostile atmosphere at Leeds. They were bang up for it. You could see that crowd. You could feel the energy through the screen today. And you know what? Like, for all the criticism of the boys, they stood up against that and they went out there to fight. Do you know what I mean? We got the goal really early, shut their crowd up. Do you know what I mean? Put a little dent in their stomach for a little bit. And then they came at it and we were we were good. It was a tough pitch to play on. Jermaine Jenner kept saying how slow the pitch was and how sticky it was. So with all the little tactics and with all the fight that Leeds had, I think we've done really well to contain them. Yes, they scored a goal, but we've done really well to contain them. And there were some beautiful goals there. I thought Porro done really well today. Harry Kane out bloody well standing. Outstanding. 30 goals this season. Wow, man. Wow. And we finished what? Eighth? Ninth? I can't. I don't even know where we finished now. But like, you know, outstanding from Harry Kane. Lovely send-off goal from Lucas. And I'm so happy for him as well. You, you know, like, all right, some things might, might not happen for him. Some things that he tries might not be like, might not come off. But today he came on and what a goal to say goodbye to the Tottenham faithful. And for him as well, because he does love us. And I love players that love us. Do you know what I mean? Love being there, love playing for the shirt, love the shirt and love to go out there and, and to create some good memories. So at least he's left us with a good memory today. Ricky, are you disappointed that we've not, we're not going to be playing European football next season? Yeah, yeah, I am. I think that uh, us as a side, we, we belong in Europe. Um, I, I know a lot of people didn't want the Conference League, but I, I believe that it was an opportunity without the likes of Man City in a competition where we could actually go in there and look to win it, one, but look to go and develop some of the players that we've got in that squad. Like we saw today, we saw a lot of youngsters come off the bench. And uh, nice one, Terry. And um, we, we saw some youngsters come off the bench and it would have been great for them to be able to develop and get more game time in a competition like the Conference League. So, yes, I am disappointed. But I totally hear what some of the fans were saying about not wanting Conference League and having those weeks to prepare and to repair this culture, this philosophy, this club, this team. So hopefully it works out for us. 
Kevin, let's get your thoughts on today's game. Of course, Leeds needed to win to give them any chance to uh, survive in the Premier League. Of course, they've now been relegated. Uh, Spurs needed the the, uh, the win to give us any opportunity to get Europa Conference League. We haven't done that. Are you disappointed that we're not going to be playing European football? And uh, give us your thoughts on the match. I'm disappointed that I'm disappointed we're not going to be play, playing European football. But I wasn't overly overawed of going back in the Conference League. Last time we was in it, we didn't look like we was going to be in it. We never took it seriously at all. Um, I know we, we we play virtually our first team in it before, but we didn't. The players didn't look like they wanted to be there. I think all round, it's not going to do the club any harm to have other other clubs of you know and and, and you know the so called top four have been outside of Europe for a season. It's never really done them any harm, you know. We've got so much work to do there, I think, coming up, that I think having a season also, for the sake of the board, you know, you know, we didn't deserve, as Ricky said, to, for European football. You know, let them have an empty stadium now and see how they like that, you know. Um, perhaps Levy won't take so much time with his transfers then and leave them till the next day in the future. But um, I just, the, the game today... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was fully expecting us to lose today because, you know, it's an hostile atmosphere there. And, you know, we it, 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 the only good thing we did we didn't have is it wasn't obviously a night game because you just know when we go up north and a hostile atmosphere of a night, we're going to lose now. And it weren't a midday game. So, you know, so that, that, that was pointers that were in our favour. But I didn't expect us to win. I certainly didn't uh, expect us to win by that amount. Um, you know, it was good to see a couple of the kids come on and make their debuts. I always love to see a couple of them. And he made a good tackle, Abbott, uh, towards the end, a really good tackle. Um, and I love seeing Lucas Moura. I'm really gay Lucas Moura is going. Um, I think he's a great player to have on the bench. I know um, the decision sort of is a split decision on Lucas, but just like he did today, in my opinion, Lucas is a player that can, you know, Ajax away, for instance, pull something out of the bag. I'd have him on the bench all day long, you know, and I, I, and he does love the club. And I think, you know, the fans love him. He's, he's got a good heart. And I think it's a shame, really, that he's leaving because, you know, we've certainly got worse on our bench than, than him, you know, if you get my point. Craig, let's get your thoughts on today's match. Yeah, it's a good way to sign off, isn't it? Um, in the end, it, it came to nothing. But to be, honest, I'm, I was actually different to Kim. I, I actually thought we would win today. Um, as much as Leeds were going to be up for it, I, if you've ever actually watched Leeds, they they've looked really poor at the back. They've actually been worse than us, to be honest. They they, they are a poor side, and they do try, but they yeah, just but... haven't got enough quality there. And I was never actually worried about the result today. I thought we would get it done, uh, regardless of the fact we've had a pretty poor season so uh, yeah good way to sign off we were certainly playing with a bit of freedom albeit that Leeds are a poor, poor team um, but yeah I thought it was, you can't say anything more than that great performance by Kane L fantastic to see Lucas Moura with the last kick of the game uh, as that great commentary that I'm sure we've all watched uh, from Amsterdam um, a few years ago um, fantastic goal uh, to sign off uh, very emotional at the end there he was. So, so yeah, good way to sign off. But as Kim says, it might be a really good opportunity for us to actually concentrate a bit more on hopefully, and I, that's what I want to see is hopefully concentrating on the on the, on the the domestic cups now, really go for the, the Carabao and certainly in January, the, the FA Cup um, 
and, and really hope, hopefully push up that table next year and get the signings right. I'm sure we're going to have shows over the summer, Chris, where we talk about transfers and managers and directors of football and direction, the board and God knows what else. So there's still loads and loads to cover and loads to talk about. But good way to sign off the season. Thank God it's over. Um, and um, let's hope that we get a manager and director of football in place soon and we can start looking forward rather than uh, looking down at the floor like we've all been doing over the last few months. Never mind about future shows, Craig. We're covering all of that in this show. <laughs> God, all right, OK. <laughs> Ricky, can you believe Harry Kane, 30 goals, 30 Premier League goals in 38 Premier League games? He hasn't won the Golden Boot because Erling Haaland is just a sensation. But, you know, to not qualify for European football when you've got a player like Harry Kane in your team delivering that amount of goals. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's, he is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. He is by far one of, one of the, if not the greatest Tottenham player that has ever played in our shirt, that has come from our youth system, that has gone through the ranks, that has proved everybody wrong year in, year out, transfer window in, transfer window out. He's going, he's staying. You know, he's only a one-season wonder. He's put it all to bed. To be our top scorer at the end of this season and to finish with 30 goals and and still, like, not qualify for Europe. I mean, wow. Like, Harry Kane is phenomenal. But it just shows you the the how poor we have been this season. You know, I did predict us last uh, before the season started, after that beautiful end to last season and qualifying for the Champions League, I predicted to you, uh, Chris, that... Um, we were, we were going to finish second at a minimum this year because I thought that that momentum and that squad were going to, you know, they were going to push forward. We were going to get those signings. Conte was going to get what he's asked for. Um, obviously, it didn't happen. Um, obviously, Conte had a, a, a bit to do with the way that we were playing and some of those results. He's not blameless. Um, but, you know, we, we as a panel, we as a, a channel, we as Tottenham fans have been asking for proper centre-halves for a very long time. When Mourinho came in, we wanted Skriniar. Last year, we wanted Bastoni. Then there was talk of Gavardiol. You know, uh, we spoke about Po, po Torres, uh, um, Villarreal. So we've, we've been after and we've been asking uh, for centre-halves every, every year for the last three years. And I think today, the fact that we didn't kind of get those players in when we should have, when we could have, um, has shown us what type of season we could have where, when you don't fill the gaps that need filling, when you don't replace, when 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 the the scrub has gone dry. Do you know what I mean? You know when the washing up sponge, you know when that green bit is gone, but you're still washing plates with it. Well, it's time to chuck it in the bloody well bin. It's time to replace it. And that's what we didn't do. So um, they've got to learn the mistakes uh, from this year and seasons gone gone by, and this slap in the face, this slap in the face of not being in Europe. I really hope that it wakes up everybody that is in charge, that makes the the, the big decisions at our club, so that stuff like this doesn't happen again, and we are looking up and moving forward next season. I think it's time for you to get a dishwasher, Rick. <laughs> Tim, let's let's come to you. Um, let's let's have a look at the uh, the starting eleven today that Brian Mason put out. Forster in goal, and then we've got Poro, Emerson, Sanchez, Lingley, Davis, Skip, Basuma, Kudelski, Kane, and Son on the bench today. Austin, Tanganga, Saar, Abbott, Craig, Alonso, Danjuma, Lucas, 
and Rashalison. Any surprises there for you, Kim, in the starting eleven today? Uh, not really, if I'm honest. Um, I think Romero was injured, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's injured again, but he's been included in the latest uh, Argentina squad. Oh, as right. Of course. I mean, not really. There was no, not really any surprise. As I said, it was good to see some of the lads get a chance on the bench. I think that's something we've got to look at more in the future. Whoever comes in, he's sort of giving the youth more of a chance. You know, you get the sort of managers we've gone with, like your Mourinho's and your Conzies. I don't really think they're they're the kind of managers that that do really look to youth. They want like you know to to go out and buy a player that's already ready. But I think like we've got some good kids coming through now. Like you, Jamie Donnelly's, and, and yeah, um, there's a few kids there. I mean, that lab we, we bought last year was it from Blackburn? I know he's in Lancashire, is it? Was it Blackburn? Yeah. Where did it come from? Sheffield United. Sheffield United, yeah. I mean, he looked good when I've seen him because I've been watching a lot of the youngsters' games. I watched them like pick up the two trophies and that on the Spurs play. I mean, that, that, it's worth paying the, the money for that to what to watch the kids, you know. Um, but, yeah, we've got to look at sort of giving these, uh, you know, obviously we've got to take the cup seriously. And as you said, you know, if we'd have got in the conference uh, league, it might. But I still don't know. You don't know what manager you're going to get and whether they would have given these these youngsters any 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 time anyway, you know. So, but, yeah, I mean, going back to the lineup, no, there was no real surprises in it for me. What did you want to say on Romero, Rick? I was just going to say that, you know, first and foremost, he's a passionate Argentinian, all right? So we know how, and, and, and like a lot of South Americans, but like a lot of for, foreign, non, non-English playing players, they have such a passion and such a want to go and succeed and to go and play yep. for their country. It's a, it's a massive honour for them to even be included. Over the years, we've seen with the England squad that we've had players like Beckham, for example, that had metatarsal, that was still included in the squad uh, that, you know, that finished the season injured. Wayne Rooney, we've had many, England have had many players that we've chosen that have been injured, but have been included in the squad that's about to drop in three weeks time or something like that. So we don't know what Lucas is, uh, we don't know what Romero is going to look like in two to three weeks. Of course, they're going to include him now. And if it's a serious injury that he can't play or he can't go, then it, they'll make that decision right up until the wire for somebody like uh, Romero, who is a cornerstone of their defence. Do you know what I mean? So he's a really important player for Argentina. Uh, Argentina. So they're, they're, going to make, they're going to put him in the squad. It, it makes sense to put him in the squad and then figure out whether he can travel closer to the time. So calm down on it. Calm down. I know that the international kind of... Uh, trips have been a nightmare for every single Tottenham fan. Everyone, not just Kuti, but everyone that goes away were always like, oh, come on, please. Because we know they're yeah. going to come back injured or not be able to be in form or whatever the case may be. So I'm just saying, calm down. He's got two, three weeks before he's got to jump on that plane. And you never know, he might be fit and raring to go. Fair point. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, what did you think of Tottenham defensively today? Um, I... I... To be honest, we was up up against such a poor team. It's really difficult to to, to give a uh, an appraisal of them. To be honest with you, I mean, th- there were occasions where we were a bit, you know, there was a couple of clearances Sanchez did that were a bit rash that went out for corners. And we uh, personally, I think against a better team, we probably would have 
drawn or even lost that game. It didn't look to me to be that stable. But to be honest, they didn't have to be because Leeds didn't offer too much. So, uh, look, it's quite clear that a lot of work needs to be done on that defence. And I know we're missing um, uh, Romero and I know people don't like Dyer, but Dyer was playing well before the World Cup. So, so we, we, you know, you had Sanchez and Longley. Longley doesn't really excite me that much. So I hope, to be honest, he he, um, he goes back to Barcelona and we get in a, a better replacement for him. But um, look, I, I, to be fair to Emerson Ray, I thought he played well again today. But yeah. wasn't that wasn't that solid? Um, but we didn't have to be. I think that's all I can say on it. It was just a case for me of getting through the game today and getting this season over with. To be honest, because. Hopefully that team's going to look a lot different come opening game of the season next year um, because there's a lot of deadwood we need to get rid of, which we'll come on to later, no doubt. And, um, yeah, big changes, big summer ahead because work needs to be done, let's face it. Would you expect either Dyer or Sanchez or both of them to be at the club next season, Craig? I fully expect Dyer to be there next year. Um, I would imagine... If we get a decent offer for Sanchez, then he'll be out the door. Uh, but I, I expect Dyer to be there next year. Yeah, because he's got one year left on his deal. And, you know, the, the, no smoke without fire. There was rumours that they were going to offer him a three-year deal, wasn't there? So he's obviously well-liked at the club. Um, an important player, or somebody feels he's an important player. So it wouldn't surprise me at all for him to, to, to get another chance under another manager, to be honest. Because, look, we all... Not everybody, but a majority of the fans, I would say, think it's time for Dyer to move on. He's 29 now, I believe. Um, he has had some good games for Tottenham, not sticking up for Eric Dyer, but he hasn't been poor consistently. You know, he has had good seasons, he's had good games, but uh, there's an argument there definitely for him, you know, it's time to move on. But it's no surprise that Mourinho liked him, Poch to a degree, Conte liked him. Um, so there is some in there that obviously we're not seeing, but that's all you can say about Eric Dyer. He's been a good servant to the club, obviously not not been um, let's say the world on fire, so to speak, but um, probably time for Eric Dyer to go. But as I say, I still think he'll be there next season. Ricky, do you? Oh, mate. You see, the thing is with Dyer, I, I actually, I've said it a couple of times on here, where I actually like Dyer as a person, as a man, as, as a, a especially when he first came in and he wanted to get rid of the Spursy tag. And he worked hard to get rid of that Spursy tag. He, he worked hard to make us a bit more solid. And under Pochettino, I think, was probably his best years. But even then, if I'm weighing up the, his whole time in my head, and just as you were speaking there, Craig, I was trying to think. I mean, I think he's probably got more bad performances now than good. I think the bad outweighs the good. And I don't know whether that's just because the bad and negative screams louder than positive. But to me, there's, 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 been, there's been more negatives. And, you know, Ali Gold said that this week that uh, Eric's been carrying an injury ever since the, the, the restart of the season after the World Cup. And maybe that has hamp- hampered him. But if you look at some of the stats, the t- especially the tackling stats, do you know what I mean? Uh, or the, the errors that lead to goals and stuff like that. They're very poor in, in the dire column. Do you know what I mean? So whether he plays centre-half or DM or right-back, I think it's probably time up 
for 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 Dyer. If I'm being ultra critical, I think he's been a fantastic servant, like Craig said. I think he's tried for us. I think he always puts himself out there. But um, if he is staying in the squad, then he's got to be part of that second team and not part of the first eleven. We'll come back to this subject. Ricky, I want to stay with you, though. Um, let's go on to the game incidents. Um, as you said earlier, the stadium was absolutely electric um, before and when the game was starting. Uh, because, you know, of course, every single Leeds fan wanted them to stay in the Premier League. That didn't happen, sadly, for them. Uh, but just two minutes in and Spurs have been known all season for starting games so poorly. But this today... We started fantastically well. Just after two minutes, uh, what a ball from Emerson Royale. And as Craig said, what great improvements from him this season. To Pedro Poro, to Hunmin Son, Harry Kane finished. Harry Kane doing what he does best. Uh, but a brilliant ball uh, to Pedro Poro from Emerson Royale. You know, how much has he improved this season for you? Oh, I think, I think, they're, they're, I think especially Emerson, you know, there were the boos. Emerson, Emerson got boos when he came on earlier in the season. So for him to turn it around, I think he's done tremendous. And I'm really happy that he has turned it around. And we are seeing a bit more of the Emerson that 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 is a positive Emerson. Do you know what I mean? And we're playing to his strengths, which um which is more the defensive side and using his fitness to get up the field, but to play those short passes into the more technical players, you can then provide a cross or you know, an assist or try and bang a goal. But he I thought his vision for the the ball to find Poro was fantastic. I thought Poro was, you know, I think he's growing week in, week out. I think the pre-season, pre-season for him is going to be really important. And I think he's going to be firing next year. Yes, he's still going to have some defensive frailties. But you could see him going forward, his technical ability, he, his vision, his touch, his crossing, his shooting, it's all there. And you saw it today. You saw it in that goal. The fact that Harry took it down um I think it was off of his chest that he took it down, then dribbled across the box and then found Harry for that first goal. I was super kind of impressed by Poro. And he had a really good game. If I'm thinking about the game as a whole, you know, he had a really good game. So, yeah, uh, having that, that, that kind of, that link up between uh, Royal and Poro, I thought was really, really good. And I'm pleased for them both. Hopefully we can see a lot more um, positives from the, from them next season than negatives. Kim, let's come to you on that subject. Um, Emerson Royale and Pedro Poro, if they continue in the form like they showed today, how does someone like Jed Spence come in and, and get his spot? Well, they've got to take their chances. These players through suspensions, injuries, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. When they're given the chance, you've got to grasp it. Same goes for for the for the you know the other guy we've got coming in. Uh, you know he's meant to be a a really good sort of uh, wing back. You know so they've just got to take their chances. But no, I'm, I think they're both doing great this season. I mean, as exactly as Ricky said, you know, Messon got so much stick. I mean, really, you know, we all gave it to him as well. He's really turned it around, and it takes some character to do mm. that. You know, it really does, and I'm really pleased for him. Poro, he had a dodgy start. I think his first game didn't help that, you know, a lot of the presenters and critics were on his back straight away. But, um, you know, he's coming into a team lacking confidence. And it's tough when, you you know, you come from abroad, you're thrown into a team that's got no confidence anyway. What do you expect? But, like, I think we've got a lot more I'd save him next. He's kind of loops and bands. Both of them had a really good game today, I think. And can I just answer the dire question, Chris, as well? Oops. 
Yeah, go for it. I think he's a great player. I, I'd sign him again, but only to have him on the bench. I think he's a great... Listen, it, it, we've been lacking a confidence all season. He's been in a defence lacking confidence. I don't think he should be a first-team starter next season, but I think Eric Dyer, I think to keep him, I don't think he's a man that would ever let you down. He can cover a couple of three positions, you know. I'd have him on the bench all day long. Uh, I would, along with Mora. So, really, we wouldn't be changing that. We would be changing our bench a bit. But uh, <laughs> but them two are two that I, that I would keep. And I would, you know, um, Sanchez, you know, he's, um, yeah, I mean, maybe his time's up. I'm glad he sort of played, you know, he, he looked a bit here and there today. But I'm glad that, that was horrible, I think, when the fans booed him. And, you know, it's not nice for any player and you know you could see he was devastated that game so I'm glad he sort of come on and turned it around a little bit as well Surely Kim if we're going to move on as a football club we have to change the likes of Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez surely No Sanchez no Sanchez yeah I, I definitely think he's got to go Sanchez, you know, if we get a decent enough offer, Sanchez I should imagine but Eric Dyer, I don't want him starting Chris but I would have him on the bench I would have him on the bench. I mean, you've got to look, Chris. Listen, we've got Daniel Levy as chairman. We need a new goalkeeper. But there's a lot of position. We need a good centre-half. Good goalkeepers don't come cheap, and neither do good centre-halves, you know? Look at the, look at all the problems we've got there. We've got no creative midfielder. You know, we've got nobody, really, that can... You know, we haven't really got a free kick-taker still. We've never had one since Ericsson. We've got a lot of people that we've got... that we that we need to bring in and we've got a lot we've got we've got we've got a full team coming back that's out on loan don't forget in Don Belly so they're all coming back in August yeah. I mean we in other words we've got problems Chris big bleeding problems but I will keep Dyer there as in I'd have him on the bench I think he's great cover if you're good to, you know if you, if you bring in you know a centre half who's going to be your new you know starter I've, you know and he gets he gets suspended after 10 games I don't think if Dyer comes into a team with more confidence, he's not going to let you down. Kim, if you didn't see the shock on, on my face and Ricky's face, you might want to rewind this stream just to check <laughs> them out. Well, I'm just saying it as I see it. I do. I think he's been a good servant. I don't think he's that poor as what people make out. He's, listen, they've all been poor this season. Apart from Harry Kane, they've all been poor. Yeah. He's poor. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, let's come to you. Uh, after seven minutes, the cross came in uh, completely unmarked uh, next to Sanchez. In my opinion, Sanchez was caught out. And it, I think if Lee actually had a, a decent strike of the day or good attacking players, I think Sanchez would have probably got caught out again and again and again. Luckily, he missed it. But um, Sanchez, surely, you know, surely we've got to, you know, one, one thing on the priority list if players like this, they've got to move on in the summer. Yeah, so, sorry, I'm just laughing because that really tickled me. Because I just imagine Kim, Kim should have should have clipped it and just played it as a season review to the players. You've all been poor, piss poor. It's dumb. That's, that's absolutely dumb me. It's really dumb me. I'm going to giggle about that later all evening. Oh, um, what's the question, Sanchez? Yeah. <laughs> He look. He needs. He needs to go. He does need to go. His time's up. Look, he came in, didn't he? For what was it? Forty-five million or something like that. Um, and we all 42. thought, "Wow, well, we got we, we, how much? Forty-two. Well, forty-two. Yeah. Well, he. We all thought 
go, we're getting a cracking defender here. We're paying a lot of money for this guy. Uh, I didn't know much about him, if I'm honest, but I thought, wow, this guy must be good. He was wanted by a few other teams around Europe and we've landed him. And in that first season with Toby and, and Jan, I thought he looked pretty good and I thought he was going to live up to the hype. And then it's kind of gone downhill for him ever since then, hasn't it? I still maintain that I agree with what Kim said. When he was getting booed the other week, as I said on here, I don't agree with that. I, I just don't understand that at all. You should never, no matter how badly one of your own players is playing, um, you never should never boo one of your own players. Um, You know, I just think that's disgusting. But that, apart from that, you know, it takes some character for him to come back and and play. And look, he he didn't have a brilliant game. Totally agree. He would have been found out today. If he was up against Haaland, Haaland would have had a hat-trick without a doubt. But I'll come back to the fact Leeds are poor. And Leeds weren't brilliant today either. So, you know, he, he didn't have <laughs> he didn't have uh, much much to uh, much to worry about today. Should I say? You know, he was never going to be tested and pushed. So, um, but look, it's it's time for him, in my opinion, to to go in the summer and for us to cut our losses and and um, and get rid. And, and you know, there's there's a fair few other players we're going to have to tear up contracts and, and, and move on at a loss if we want to move forward. And I think that's what Daniel Levy's got to got to get into his head, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of those types of players because we are getting, we, got, we are going to have a squad of about 35 players, I think, uh, mid-June when they all come back. So that's got to be trimmed. Also, also you know what, with Spence, I know, Chris, Chris, you asked about Spence earlier, but... If we're playing this system, if we are, we don't know what system we're going to be playing. We don't know what manager we've got yet. We ain't got all of those questions to be answered. But for instance, if we was going to be playing the same way as we was playing today, well, both Emerson Royale and Pedro Porro were playing. So then you Hmm. could use Spence as an interchangeable with Pedro. Do you know what I mean? And keep Emerson Royale as as the defensive right back if we go to a back four. Or he shifts in to be the right centre back. Then you've got Kutu Romero then you've got like maybe a solid top left centre-back next season. But Spence could then alternate with um, Poro. And then you, we've, well, we've got Yudoji coming on, on on the left. And then we figure out who he's interchanging with, whether we keep Regulon, whether we keep Perisic, whether we keep Davies to interchange with him or whatever the case may be. But yeah, uh, there's still space for Spence. And I think he would only grow with the competition of Poro and, and Poro would only grow with the competition of Spence. So it could yeah. be a very good problem we could have next year. Rick, let's stay with you because uh, Leeds did have a number of uh, half chances in that first half. After 20 minutes, Cockheader just wide. Six minutes later, Harry Kane had a shot uh, goal, but it was deflected, uh, took the sting out of it. In the 35th minute, Weston McKenney shot wide from around 20 yards. A couple of minutes later, transfer leads tipped over the bar by Fraser Forster. A couple of minutes later, Cock with another header just wide. Just before half-time, Rodrigo header wide. Christensen fired over the bar after a corner. Um, and then booze at half-time from the Leeds fans. How are you feeling at half-time? Because Spurs didn't really have that many opportunities in that first half. Yeah, it was a bit crumb-seekum saw, Chris, because, you know, we've gone, we've gone one goal up uh, really early on. And then, like you just explained there, the amount of chances that Leeds got, that first chance that you were talking to Craig about, about that header, um, I mean, I don't know if you saw or have seen the replays, but Sanchez actually stops. He actually stands still. 
and almost lets it lets everything go past him for those two seconds. Do you know what I mean? Really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, surprise, surprise, right? Uh, but that continued to happen throughout, and they were getting in. And exactly like Craig said, if if you know Leeds were a better side, if they had a better striker up front, or or if we was against a, a, a bigger, better side, then who knows what the score could have been. So we were inviting that pressure onto us. But I think we done well to handle it. And it was always going to come with Leeds. Do you know what I mean? They are a fighting spirit type of team. They've had a really poor season. They're at home today. They've got it all in their hands, technically. And uh, they were always going to go for it. So <clears throat> they did. They brought it on. And I think that we were doing that thing where we were looking to... We, we didn't mind them coming on to us because we were looking to break uh, and do the counter-attack um, on them, but we didn't have many a chances. So when that first half finished, I was a bit like, oh, are they going to get back into it? Uh, are we going to end up losing this game? Because we saw the exact same thing happen against Brentford last week, didn't we? Go, We go a goal up, beautiful goal scored by Harry Kane, you know, playing fantastic, best football, best first half of football I've seen probably, probably for the whole season. Yep. And um, and then we come out in the second half last week and it totally collapsed. So I didn't know whether that was going to be the Tottenham that turned up in the second half. But they didn't. They came out with, with, with the same energy and they kept Tottenham. They kept fighting and they kept pushing because they knew if they scored another, they would probably kind of kick leads in the stomach and they would their confidence and their fight would end up waning. Which ended up. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Kim, when Ricky talks about the uh, the type of football and, and, and what we've done wrong in recent months, you know, certainly this season, um, how would you describe Ryan Mason's time in charge since he's taken over from Stellini? Have you been more entertained watching football under Mason? A little bit, especially, I think, the first few games... After, I think, um, after it, the first few games when he took over, a little bit. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't, what is, what's the saying? You can't make a pig's ear out of whatever. It's, it's been one of them seasons, hasn't it? I do think, going back to managers, I think, but listen, Mason's done all right. Um, you know, I mean, it all went sort of Pete Tong under Stellini, didn't it? And, but, I mean, you've got to give... Listen, I was no um, particular Conte fan. I hated the style of football. I've hated the style of football all season. But I do think that... apart, I know he got we got knocked out of cups under him, but where we was in the league at the point he left, 
I mean, you can see how it's backwards. Like, since then, we've gone in reverse, you know? So, in a way, when he kept saying that, you know, he was playing this style of way because he didn't have the players to play any other way, blah, blah, blah. You can kind of see a sense in that now. Um, but, yeah, I think I've been slightly more entertained. But, there's, you know, well, you know, I watched, like, the Luton playoff yesterday. It was such an entertaining game, you know? I want to see football like that. That You know, I want to see the old Spurs way. The way we've played this season, I can't really... I mean, I've been supporting Spurs since I was 11 years old. When I was when I really got... The year we was in the second division, 1977-78, was the year I really got into Spurs. I don't think I've ever looked forward to a season ending so much. And I'm including seasons when I used to go home in a way, when we nearly got relegated. And, you know, I yeah. mean, one season, it was just Ginola's goals that kind of kept us up, you know, mm. Barnsley away and all that. Oldham away, I remember going, and, and we needed yeah. to be thinking to stay up. But, like, yeah, I think I, yeah, I think it's got to be one of the worst seasons for, like, dreadful football and, and that, that I've ever seen. Like Ricky said there, though, Kim, um, the fact that we played so well against Brentford last week, but we came out in that second half and ended up conceding three goals, losing the game. 79 seconds into the second half today, uh, Pedro Porro put us 2-0 up. What fantastic skill again from Harry Kane. The guy is just an all-round footballer, not just a you know a fantastic striker, but an all-round footballer. Absolutely fantastic, but a great finish from Pedro Porro today. Is that me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. And like Harry Kane is just, I mean, I dread to think the day he might leave. Like, you know, I can't see him going anywhere this summer, though. I really can't. Um, you know, I, obviously he's out of contract next summer, but I honestly can't see him going anywhere this summer. So hopefully, touch wood, we've got another year of Harry. But yeah, Pedro Porra took his goal, took his goal great, you know. He, um, yeah, he, look, he looks like he's going to be a good player. Like, you know, you're not going to see the beauty of Pedro Porra till next season, let's be honest, you know. Um, but, you know, hopefully, you just don't know who's coming in. Hopefully, we have still got some, you know, Basuma, I thought, played played um, yeah. a, a bit better, you know. We haven't seen the, nowhere near the best of him yet, you yeah. know. So, uh, there, there, there is some slight light at the end of the tunnel. I wouldn't say it's beaming, though. Craig, let's come to you. In the 61st minute, Rodrigo had a chance that Forster saved. Uh, six minutes later, Kulisewski came on uh, off and Saar came on. Um, what do you make of the Kulisewski situation at the moment? Do you hope that Spurs do sign him on a permanent deal, uh, particularly as we ha are not going to be playing any European football, particularly Champions League football? To be honest, I still think the deal for him is a pretty good deal, <clears throat> you know, the, if you're talking money. Uh, and could you get another player of his quality out there for the money? And my answer would be no, you can't. I mean, look, he hasn't had the best season. Um, the team haven't had the best season. Of course, we own it. We all know that. But we know there is quality, a quality player in there. And yeah, he's not as been as prolific with his goals or assists this season. Of course, he's not. But you've got to look at the financial aspect of that. Where are you going to get another winger, essentially, uh, for that money? Um Nowhere is the answer, unless you get really lucky in the in the bargain basement or or bring somebody in from a lower league. So, uh, or you could get a free, I suppose, if you're lucky. But for me, Kulishevsky wants to be at Tottenham, and that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. Um, I'll certainly, I think, it's a no, a no brainer for me that you've you've got to uh, make that deal permanent. And from everything we hear, uh, it's going to be made permanent anyway. So, um, yeah, I think you'll be here next year.
Craig Leeds got one back in the 67th minute through Harrison. Um, should Ben Davis uh, close him get down quicker? Yeah, it comes back to, you know, crap defending again, doesn't it? You know, um, again, against, I mean, that's, that's proved it. Leeds didn't really offer that much of a threat and we still conceded. So, um, what are the, were the players like thinking by that stage, well, you know, um, doesn't really matter what we do. Did they know what the other result was? Uh, I mean, it was tight. I was trying to watch the uh, the Brighton Villa game uh, on my on my phone as well. Uh, but but as Rick said, like Brighton didn't. It wasn't the Brighton that played City the other week, for example. You know, you, you just knew they weren't gonna gonna get that draw or, or, or win for us. So um, I just think it was an end of season thing where the players like just went through the motions really at the, at the back. They weren't particularly good. They weren't they weren't the worst I've ever seen. But yeah, he should have done better. We, we, we know he should have done better. But um, in the end, I think that you get a feeling when you play football that, you know, sometimes if we concede, it doesn't really matter. The other team are so poor defensively. We are always going to score, especially when you've got somebody like Kane on the pitch. And that is what transpired, wasn't it? I have to say, even though Kane got man of the match, I thought Porro was pushing him for that. I thought that was probably the best game I've seen of him in the Spurs shirt. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Porro today. Ricky, let's come to you um, on that subject because a couple of minutes later, um, after Leeds scored, uh, Spurs went 3-1 up. Pedro Porro played in Harry Kane. Another clinical finish from the England captain. 30 goals in 38 Premier League games, as we said. But Pedro Porro, as Craig just said, probably his best uh, game in a Spurs shirt. I can see him actually scoring a lot of goals and providing a lot of assists in the future. Um, One for the future for you? On mute, Rick. Goodness, I'm back. All right, sorry. Uh, no, absolutely, bro. I mean, for, for, for me, I think Poro is going to take the the Lucas's place as the magic man. Do you know what I mean? As the as the as the guy that can create out, create something out of nothing or score out of nothing. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of him at all this this season since he signed since January. But today was like a glimpse of what he can bring to us. That that goal that he set up for Harry. Um, the uh, to make it what was it the three one was it at that point yeah um, but he, it was his run that really impressed me um, his run his dribbling ability how close he kept the ball to his feet how he sent the Leeds defenders and the players left right and centre and how he found Harry open good to go uh, good to go in space and so he could shape and and, and score that that second one for Harry I mean Poro oh man I'm I'm really happy for him. You know, we we also got to remember because it's been very kind of toxic, very hectic at the club that even he was getting it, you know, when we signed him after begging for him all, all January. We finally signed him. He plays against Leicester, has a poor game. And then I think he had another poor game where then he shut down his Instagram and his socials. Do you know what I mean? So mm. let's give these new players a bit of time. Let's not tarnish these new players with the same brush that we want to kind of paint onto some of those players that have been there for a very long time and and still don't perform for us. Do you know what I mean? The the, the ones that are on our to-go list, we shouldn't paint Poro with that same brush. And that's including a lot of the new players that have come in. Like, they, they, they've got a... They haven't had a moment to actually find their way because this it's still been a bit of a mishmash squad. So if we can fill the gaps that really need filling within the summertime 
and put in some people in there that are really hungry to not only achieve for Tottenham, but to achieve as a team and to pull together and to have that kind of that kind of Spartan mentality where I've got your back, you've got mine, let's go. Then I think we're going to see a lot more from players like Pedro and our attacking um, front three, you know. Um, it's all about how solid we can be. We know how many goals we've conceded this year and we know who's been in defence at that point and we had a defensive coach and we still conceded that, that amount of um, goals this year. I, I, I would say the biggest difference between Conte, Stellini and Mason is that Conte and Stellini continue to play a stiff, rigid system. They kept playing that horseshoe football, which I was so bored with. But the one big difference that I recognised with Mason is that he brought the triangles back in. They, they were playing within triangles. They were playing, there was give and goes. The, you know, uh, Kulu being able to drift in um, and not be so kind of regimented to be out on that right wing. But the fact that he can come in as a number 10 and let Poro go out to the right wing, I think is a really nice thing. I think, you know, uh, Kulu at number 10, I think could be the creative kind of player that we've been looking for because we've seen those type of touches. We see that he can pass, he can shoot. He's got a wand of a left foot. Um, still very, very young. Uh, had a poor season by his own standards, but I think there's so much more to come. And uh, and if they continue to play with triangles and we get that forward front-footed, uh, you know, that, that, that type of football that we want to see at Spurs, I think it could be glorious. One other thing about uh, Ryan Mason, Rick, is he's never afraid to make a change or make subs at the right time of matches, which I really like about him. So I think yeah. he's got a bright future as a manager anywhere he goes. Um, Kim, let's come to you on that subject because he made a double change for Spurs in the 76th minute. Uh, Hunmin Son going off, Basuma went off, Richarlison and Matthew Craig came on, a 20-year-old midfielder uh, making his Premier League debut for Tottenham. Um, I think this is probably what I want to see more from our next head coach, giving opportunities to more young players, because particularly since Pochettino has left, under the likes of Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte, I think a lot of, uh, you know, and I've spoke to a number of parents and family members from a lot of the young players um, in the academy, and they feel that, you know, a lot of them have left or a lot of them want to leave. Um, because they want opportunities in the first team and they, they haven't felt they're going to get that opportunity at Tottenham Hotspur. So I think the next manager that takes over at Spurs needs to give that opportunity. It was great to see. I know you've uh, touched on it already, Kim, today, but it was lovely to see Matthew Craig, 20-year-old midfielder, get his debut today. And of course, later on, uh, we'll talk about Abbott as well. Yeah, no, it was great. And yeah, I did touch it on it early, earlier. Like, as I said, I've been watching a lot of the youth uh, you know, and we have got some good kids coming. I think one, another one's late. Is it Mundell that's leaving? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think another one's going. We lost one earlier in the season. Um, you can't keep losing your best young players like that. We're never going to see another Harry Kane if if, if, we, if, we, if we go along that route. And I, I, as I said to you earlier, I think like the likes of Conte and Mourinho, they want the for now players, they, the one they know. Yeah. They're not willing to give youth that chance. I mean, whoever we bring in as manager, I just hope it's it's got to be someone, you know, it's got to be another Pochettino really, isn't it? Someone who's, who's you know, who's willing to bring these youngsters through and give them a chance and, you know, not just putting them like 
on the bench now and again. Give them when you're when you're a cut of free go. Give them the last five ten minutes. Give them their debuts. You know that was that was really good to see. It was one of the, you know, it was one of the highlights of my day watching that. If I'm honest, like along with sort of you know Kane's goals and sort of more and 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 Poro's goal and more Mora's goal at the end was special. But you know to see them sort of youngsters who have trained and been there all them years to come on, you need that good good feel factor around the parents and that, as you said, Chris, you know, because like, you know, as I said, we have got a few special kids coming from I mean, I touched earlier on Jamie Donnelly. He's a great yeah. little player, you know, um, and I know his dad's a big Spurs fan and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you want to keep, you want these kids to feel they're wanted there and they've got a chance. So I'm just hoping like whoever does come in, like, you know, wants to sort of, Bring the youth through as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, four minutes later, um, Richarlison had a, had a chance, shot straight at the goalkeeper. Um, he had another chance four minutes later. Um, goalkeeper saved it. £60 million. Pounds. What have you made of his season? Not good enough, if I'm honest. Uh, I know he's been injured. Um World Cup break and all that, and he didn't get loads of chances under Conte, really. But on the whole, he's not going to look back at this season and see it as a success in his first season at Tottenham, is he? Um, not good enough for the money, regardless, actually, of the money you pay. If you're free, it's not good enough. He'll know that. He'll know that. We, we, we know uh, that he's a better player than what he's shown us so far, so he'll, he'll be wanting to to do better next year and hopefully get a few more chances under another manager. It might be the formation that has been playing that hasn't helped him, but um, I would I would expect Richarlison to stay. I don't agree with these um, with people that say we should get rid of him. I don't think you should make that adjustment over a season, especially with, you know, it's been a bit, bit you know, it's been a few breaks, hasn't there? He's been injured, like I say. So, so give him another season, see if, see if he's going to come good. But, not for me, um, anywhere near what I would have expected uh, from Richarlison performance-wise and goal, certainly goal-wise over the season. I think he's only got one in the Premiership, hasn't he? So yeah, yeah. not 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 good enough by by half. I think he scored four times, but three of them were offside. So uh, yeah, only the one that counted. Um, Rick, let's come to you. Um, in stoppage time, George Abbott, seventeen-year-old, uh, skip went off. He came on. Um, and as uh, a couple of you have already mentioned it already, um, Abbott made a great tackle um, in the dying minutes of the game. Um, great to see youngsters like this getting opportunities. Um, how important is it for you that Spurs use these youth players and use the youth system? Oh, they've got to. Otherwise, what's the point? Exactly what kind of Kimbo and Craig were saying earlier. You know, you know. At the same time, I know we've got it's a results-driven business. I know that you know managers, uh, whoever is a manager at Tottenham is under tremendous pressure to, to get the result and secure the result. Um, today, I thought it, it, they, that Mason done really well in the times that they brought, brought on both of those youngsters to, to get their debuts and just to get a couple of minutes under their belt with a win. You know, we wasn't under pressure and, and that, that you can see or should, should be happening a lot more, especially where we've got five subs. You know, like we could make th throughout a game with whatever's happening, you could make three first team subs. And then <clears throat> if 10 minutes towards the end, we're in a comfortable position, then why not bring on a couple of youngsters 
for the last 10 minutes or something like that. That's where something like the, the Conference League, I think that's yeah. where its value, value is in, in yeah. actually kind of giving youngsters first-team opportunities. I mean, Harry Kane got his first-team first opportunities in the Europa League, wasn't it? You know, and, yeah. um, you know, and look what happened there. The, the fact that Harry done so well in those in those games where we wasn't again as a club taking it seriously but actually forced out the nowhere informed soldado and forced out the striker who turns up when he wants at the Bayor and both of those on stupid money stupid money they must have, you know uh, the, the manager at that time must have been under pressure to be playing these you know I think it was Tim Sherwood I can't remember who it was who else it was but um, yeah, they must have been under pressure to to play him because they're being paid so much. But Harry not only earned his place, he showed his worth in those cup games. And then once he came in, you know, we we brought him in, we 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 brought him in little by little bit, and, and kind of gave him more and more minutes. And he grew in his confidence, and he continued to score, and he continued to perform. And then look what we've got right here. You know, we didn't spend a penny to buy Harry Kane. He came through the whole youth system. He was treated right. He was used right with the amount of minutes. And it's an example that you could use for all of those other highly upcoming youngsters that we've got in the squad. If we can use it like that, oh, I know we're not in it, the Conference League, but if we could have used the youngsters like that to kind of get them in, make them feel a part of the team, make them feel that, that you know, they might only get five, ten minutes but that is for their growth. You know what I mean? That is to get used to who's running where and the systems and the, the players around you. And then you never know what could happen with these youngsters. Ricky, I've been sitting here for nearly an hour now. I'm so excited to ask you this next question. Talk me through Lucas Moura's goal. Because 221 appearances for Tottenham Hotspur, of course, his last appearance in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Talk us through the goal. My friend, I am so pleased for Lucas. But the way he picks up the ball on the right-hand side, past one with like that, 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 that standard Lucas touch where it looks like he's going one way, but his foot just flicks it, drove in. The way he hurdled the challenge as well, hurdled the challenge from one of the Leeds players, you know, that was, that was a challenge to take a player out, but Lucas wasn't having a bar of it. He only had the goal... In, in his sights and that he, he, he had tunnel vision at that moment and he just kept driving and you know once he got into the box the Leeds defenders couldn't touch him because they knew it would have been a penalty anyway and what really impressed me was that the way that in which he was running um, if, if it was me it, it, it looked like he, he should have clipped it with his left and kind of gone like almost like top corner-ish with his left foot but he didn't he made it look like that but he dinked it with his right and sold the keeper. I mean, what a special, magical goal from the magic man himself, Lucas Mora. I'm so happy. I, I thought he was going to come on and do something and create some magic for us last week, being his last home game. And obviously that didn't happen. But I'm glad he got to sign off properly today with a beautiful, magical goal. I really hope that helps him secure a new club. And I, I, I wish him nothing but like uh, success. I'm sure he'll win something next season. I mean, bloody Nuno ended up winning this weekend. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sure Lucas, yeah. wherever he's going to go, he's going to go lift the trophy for um, another team. And I wish him all the best. And they, listen, listen, that moment, and I know a lot of Spurs fans will talk about that moment in Amsterdam, right? 
But it should have never have happened. Us as Spurs fans knew. We was watching that game. We knew we was losing. We knew we was going out. Those moments don't happen for us very often. They're very rare in those types of games. So for Lucas to not only score that hat-trick, but the way that he done it in the minutes that he done it, do you know what I mean? And just kind of... I, 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 lost, I lost my mind. I lost my mind that night. And... Um, and I just couldn't, I was in disbelief for about 10, 15 minutes. Do you know what I mean? My, my missus was going to me, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you don't understand. She's like, chill out, calm down. I ran around the house. I was up and down the street. I told you what, I was going mental. She's like, can you stop? Can you just come in? And I was like, babe, you don't understand. She's like, no, can you just? And yeah, so I had to explain it to her after I calmed down. But um, yeah, those moments don't happen to us. And, and I'm just happy that we got to witness that. We got to be a part of that, that you know, he put everything out for us all the time. And like I say, sometimes it didn't come off, but, the you know, you could always tell that he left everything on the field for us and he was always looking to kind of make something happen. So for him to score that type of goal today, I'm so happy for Lucas, man. I'm so happy happy for him because, like I said, he does love us. He cries for us. Do you know what I mean? He loves the shirt. You saw him with his family and his, uh, his missus and his kids last, last week on the field and even though that the, the 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 speakers were blaring and the music was a bit jarring at the time last week, you know, you could see how much emotion and how much he loves being at Tottenham. So I'm so happy that he scored a brilliant, wonderful, magical goal that Lucas Mora can only bring to you. And that is exactly why I asked you that question. Kim, <laughs> Kim let's come to you. It's now 63 days since Antonio Conte left Tottenham. Of course, we waited 72 days to get Nuno Espirito Santo. Where do you think Spurs will go next? Who do you think they will appoint? I don't even think they've got a clue, Chris. I think, obviously, you know, everyone we've been for has said computer says no. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we know where to turn next. I don't think we're any nearer getting a director of football nor a manager. I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. You know, they're not like queuing up for the job, are they? You know, it's uh, it's who do you go from? And who do you bring in first, the director of football or the manager? I mean, surely that you know, surely the manager's going to want to know who the director of football is, and the director of football's going to want to know who the manager is. Kim, are, are you are you surprised it's got to this point? Because we're on the last really. day of the season, and you would think that a director of football <laughs> would want to be sitting down tomorrow morning at the club, going through everything, going through the plan going through exactly what we're going to be doing for next season. Are you surprised? No, no. I tell you, it's a shit show, Chris. Let's be perfectly honest. You know, we've become a laughing stock. You know, look how good we were a few years back. Look where we are now. It's embarrassing. I've never known, you know, it's like Marks and Spencer's turning into Primark, like, you know, <laughs> quality-wise. Um, yeah, we like a shit show. I mean, I just don't know where we go. From here, and as I said, I don't think we're any nearer getting anyone in. I really don't. You know, it's who's going to say yes. And, like, you know, you'd like to think we've got a director of football lined up now. The season's over. We're going to announce him this week. Because you don't want to leave things till last minute again. You know, and it's, uh, you know, we'll be going on our tour and we won't have anyone in. You know, Levy will have to go. I'm managing myself by the bleeding looks of it. But I honestly don't know. It's... 
it's just not a way to 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 run a club anymore. And you know, I think that, you know, I think that the fans deserve better. The play, especially players like Harry Kane, they deserve better. He's been so loyal to us. I mean, where will we be this season without him and his goals? Where will we we be? Bottom seven? We would. We would this season. We'd be nowhere. You know and. You, you, I just, well, I don't know for my answer. I don't think we've got a clue who we're getting. We're not going to see anyone announced in the next week, director of football and manager. I very if much you, doubt, you know. I mean, if you could choose, like, if you sorry? could choose, if you could choose, who would you like? I wanted Potch back, but we're not going to get him now, are we? Oh, why did you do that? Take that oh, off. Oh, no. Take it off, man. What are you doing? Oh it's God. like seeing your ex you love with a best friend, you isn't it? You know what I mean? Bro. It's not good. That is the exact oh, reaction. Yeah. yeah. But we've got to let that one go now. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't even know who I want anymore. I mean, I quite like the Brighton manager because I like their style of football. But I don't yeah. think, I think he was trying to get out of the job when he came and performed at our ground. I mean, he couldn't have, like, said, I don't want the job here, like the way he performed when he came there. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, I honestly, I don't know who we're going to get. Um, I don't like fancy the Celtic manager very much. I mean, you know, he's. I'm not saying he's not a good manager, but obviously he's, he's managed in, I think, the Australian leagues and, and the Scottish leagues, very, very different to, to, to here, you know. And I just, I, I haven't got a clue who we're going to get and... Just don't know. Do you know? <laughs> well, everyone knows that I wanted Pochettino back. And uh, for those of you listening on audio, uh, wondering why Ricky's saying don't do that, I put a picture up on screen of Pochettino holding up the Chelsea shirt because the deal has now been done and he signed the contract at Chelsea. Whether we like it or not, I'm told constantly by Spurs fans, fellow Spurs fans, Chris, move on. Pochettino is not coming back. I think, uh, you know, a lot of, well, I know it, a lot of the uh, the people that have come on here as guests, they all wanted Pochettino back. Uh, it's clearly not going to happen. Ricky, how do you feel? I know it's probably a very silly question, but how do you see, how do you feel when you see that picture? I hate it, mate. I hate it. It makes me feel sick. I hate it. I absolutely hate it, especially because we all know, um, or we've all said, especially on this channel, on this podcast, that Pochettino wanted the job. You know, wanted to come in and fix what uh, all, all the problems that we've got, and he would have come in and done at least ninety, fixed at least ninety percent of the problems that we've got at Tottenham. Um, I can't believe he didn't even make a call. Um, I can't believe that the remit for our new manager is everything that Pochettino does, um, and yet he didn't get a call. Um, I don't know whether you saw that clip from Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Villa. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I think you might have put it up, Chris. I might have seen it on yours, actually. Uh, but he, he gets asked why didn't po Pochettino come back. And he be uh, Ozzy basically says he didn't get the call. He would have loved to have come back, but he didn't get the call. Yeah. Which yeah. makes me even more upset. Do you know what I mean? Um, especially when all of our quote-unquote number one managerial targets have not turned up as yet. Um Pochettino doesn't really need a director of football to work under. So you could have brought him in and then you could have got, if you really wanted a, a, a director of football, you could have got somebody that worked with him or could compliment him. Um, but if, if we didn't go that way, director of football ways, then Poch was more than happy to kind of crack on and do the job. 
so yeah, I'm upset. Uh, I think that Pochettino will will really kind of uh, fix that Chelsea side, at least stabilise them, and they'll they'll probably go on to win something next year as well. Um, to put all of those those comments of, of Pochettino not being able to win nothing in this country, so. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. And I'm sick. I'm sick. And I'm really upset that the club didn't even speak to him. Um, I don't know where we're going. Uh, I don't know what direction we're going in. But um, it's a real shame that Pochettino didn't get spoke to, at the very least, for the Tottenham Hotspur managerial job. Who, if you could choose, Ricky, who would you like in? At this present time, bro, I, you know, my, my list was this. Pochettino, number one, because... The manager's job is bigger than just managing the side. It's, it's bigger than managing the first 11 or the first team squad. It's bigger. There's so many things to fix. And there's so many things that need to be kind of, you know, ripped up and start start again. Um, so, number one for me was Pochettino. Number two was Nagelsmann. Um, Nagelsmann is still available. Uh, the number three place was, uh, I was a bit iffy about, but after looking into slot, the Dutch way, and um, what he created at um, Feyenoord, I thought that he could have been a great person to come in and do that. A bit like Kimberly, I'm not really confident with uh, Postacoglu. Uh, uh, to tell you the truth, it's like uh, he, you know, he's done well at Celtic, but it's a it's a two team league. You know, there's a lot of managers that have done well in the Scottish league that haven't been able to do it in the Premier League. Um, so I, I, but I don't know much about him, so I can't judge him. I just don't have that much faith that he's going to come in and do it. Uh, so for me, my pick would be uh, Mike Bassett. Um, I heard he's out of a job, uh, since managing England, I don't know how many years ago. So, um, you know, Big Sam's in, in employment, don't really trust uh, the Aussie Big Sam over at Celtic, so why not bring in Mike Bassett? Let him do the job. I normally say Ted Lasso, but I totally forgot that he had the Tottenham job in the adverts and only lasted four hours, so he's not coming to us either. So, Mike Bassett for me, Chris. Well, things do have to happen very, very soon. Um, Craig, who would you like? You know what, my, I've, me and Rich are totally aligned on that. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm, obviously, anybody that watches this would know I want to watch back. From the start, and I think it's a travesty he didn't even get a phone call. You know, at least at least pick up the phone to him. And I just, you know, Daniel Levy when he sacked him said only time will tell whether it was the right decision. Well, guess what, Daniel? It was a wrong bloody decision. Do you know what I mean? And you had the chance to get him back. He was out of work. He was putting cryptic messages on Instagram. So so was Jesus Perez. All cryptic messages saying, "Come and get me." I haven't even got to pay anybody off. Just, just give him a bloody contract. Admit your mistake. Win back a few of the fans and hope that he can do it. Oh, my God. Isn't this not dereliction of duty? For me, it's just like gross misconduct almost bordering on. Give the bloke the chance to, to, to carry on the work he did. He's the one person over the last 10 years has given us the most belief, the most memories. And ever since he left, it's all gone downhill, regardless of what anybody says. It... it it just stinks of dereliction of duty for me. And what is an even more galling, more annoying, Levy had the chance to put this right. He had the chance to put it right. And he didn't take it for whatever reason, whether that was Donna Cullen putting the spanner in the world. Well, sorry, tell her, I'm the chairman. I want him back. 
either get on board or get out. You know what I mean? Because they're not doing themselves any any favours, the board, with this, because Nagelsmann, if Potts wasn't coming back, and he clearly not, Nagelsmann was my second choice. I think he plays the brand of football that we'd like. I think he's a bit of a fiery character, which I think we need. He's going to he's gonna piss a few people off, regard, you know, undoubtedly. But that's perhaps what we need. He's going to get rid of the players he don't want. But they didn't go for him. Not yet, anyway. And like Ricky said, um, Slot didn't know much about him. But after doing a bit of research and reading a few articles here and a few good things, I thought, yeah, I can get on board with this guy. He Again, he's going to play the football that we want to see. And then he's out the running. And I'll be honest, Chris, there is nobody out there of any of the names that have been mentioned that excite me. And that's what worries me. Because this is the situation we was in in 2021 with Nuno. And look, we yep. ended up with Nuno, right? And I'm not saying my opinion matters for anything. But Postacoglu, not really interested. He doesn't excite me. Um, Amaron or whatever his name is, I don't know enough about him really to make an informed decision, but I know enough to think that he does, his name doesn't excite me because I've heard good things about him. That's basically what it is. And anybody else that's been mentioned, he's going to be like oh, after the Lord Bear show sort of thing. So for me, if it was me, you've, you've ballsed up Pochettino completely. Um, I would go all in for Nagelsmann because he's still out there and get it done because can you imagine, I don't, I don't want to bring the stream down here, can you imagine if we employ another manager that's another Nuno, essentially, and then come October, we're in the situation where we're back on here saying, he's got to go, he's got to go. They can't afford this balls up again, the board. They've got to get this right, because if they're not going to go, and they're not going to go, you know, regardless of what people say, they're not going to go, they're not going to sell up. But, They've but got to get this right. The thing is, Craig, when you're saying you're not excited about any of those names, I don't think no. anyone at the time was excited about Maurizio Pochettino coming in. He was a young manager and plays entertaining football. Is that what we need to... Is that the route that we need to go down? Go and get, like, an unknown manager that plays a good brand of football that we are building for the future? Or do you want another win-now, exciting name? thing is, Chris, right... When, possible, when uh, Pochettino came in, we were in a totally different position, right? We, we was kind of on the... I could, I could see the, the plan with Pochettino because I could, I could see what he was doing. He was at Southampton, wasn't he? I, I, I watched a few of the Southampton guys and thought, do you know what? He's not really a name, but I can, I can see what he's doing. So perhaps I'm being a bit um, biased because, because obviously I knew a bit more about him and the other names in the frame, they might, um, they might play that for... They might be that manager you're talking about. But managing in Scotland is a lot different to managing in England, for example. You know, yeah. I, I think I could manage Celtic. Um, uh, the other names, as I say, they just don't excite me, Chris. And, and the, the one thing for me, um, they've got to get this right. So, personally, the, Luis Enrique, God, no. You cannot go for another glamour appointment. Because if you're going for a glamour appointment like Mourinho or Conte, He's proved the board are not going to spend the money and give that manager what they need. They buy in players, they spend money, but they spend it piss poorly. You know, the due diligence is crap. If we'd given Mourinho and Conte, oh, well, Mourinho's biggest fan. I weren't really Conte's biggest fan, to be honest. I don't like his style of football. But if you're going to spend that money on that manager, you give him the tools to do the job, to get him to do what you've asked him to do. You know, it's not rocket science. And we never, ever 
ever gave those two managers exactly what they wanted. That's what you've got to do with these people. And Enrique would be exactly the same. I mean, his, his brand of football drives me drives me insane, the tiki-taka stuff and pass it to death. But if you are going to bring him in, I hope we don't, but if we do, you've got to give him the players that he wants to do the job. But they've got to get it right, regardless of who they bring in. They've got to get this one right. Ricky, I, do you I know think... what I reckon we'll end up with? Do you know what Go I reckon we'll end up with? Graham Potter. Yeah. Potter or Rogers, but I'd say Potter. I had a feeling when Chelsea sacked him, Not Rogers, he'd be out of just and My mates called me a witch. And it oh, wasn't Kimbo. Ricky, um, Ryan Mason, talking about Daniel Levy in the embargoed press conference uh, last night, said... Daniel Levy has invested money, but he's been let down by other people. Um, now, do you think the the board, and in particular Daniel Levy, do you think he will do things any different to what we've done in the past? Do you think he's learned from mistakes and poor decisions from in the past? Do you think we're going to be different as a club going into this summer and going into next season? History suggests no. History suggests that... Daniel Levy is hard-headed and he's a bit stubborn and he's going to do it his way, regardless of, of, of how any of us feel. If this season has done anything, it should have slapped the lot of that board in the face and made them wake up to the reality that and the situation that they have put us in. Those poor decisions and those that poor advice. And you know what, what Mason said there, I don't think he was being a kind of a Levy yes man by saying that. I think he gave us a bit of insight into something that we, we haven't really heard before, that Daniel has kind of seeked advice from certain people in certain areas and that advice has been wrong or that advice has not been 100%. Um, you know, uh, but we've also heard many reports over the last weeks and we continue to hear these reports, whether, whether it's the guy Webb who was working within the club during Pochettino's time, or whether it's um, uh, ex-managers, Mourinho, uh, one day Ramos, they've all come out and spoken about how difficult it is to work with Levy, how difficult it is to negotiate with Levy, how difficult it is to get the right player at the right time uh, for the side and to fill the gap that needed filling. In, you know, uh, I remember that quote that Pochettino actually came out with where he he said something along the lines of, when you ask for a washing machine, Daniel Levy will give you a, a, a dryer. It, you know, it, it does a similar job, but it doesn't do what you need it to do. And, or a dryer. Or a dryer. Um, but that's the way that we've continually gone. Now, it's up to those people that are making the big decisions to look at the mistakes that they've made. And this is, this is what gets me about not being able to go back to Pochettino or or to kind of to, to rectify these mistakes because they don't admit, they hardly admit any mistakes that they made. Uh, I think the only apology that I heard from Daniel was after when Conte left. I think there was a statement. It was either Conte or Stellini where he put out a statement and he signed it with Daniel Coys. Do you know what I mean? But that was the only time that I ever saw an apology or a, a framework of an apology where it was, it, 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 it was saying along the lines of, it's all our fault. We've all put ourselves in this situation. So I'm hoping that the advice that he's getting right now um, with, the, with the people that he's got around him, and especially those that are affiliated with the club, the legends, you know, even if it's just Harry Kane, everybody's saying the same thing. Ryan Mason saying the same thing. 
we've lost so much of our culture, our heritage. We've, we've lost so much of our DNA um, that this needs to be fixed this season. And like I said earlier on in this stream, like we've been asking for center halves for the last two, three years. Even when we got Romero, we brought in Romero. And the first thing that was said about Romero is that he needs a strong character and a leader beside him. You know, and I think that's where we see the reckless side of Romero because he's looking at Dyer and Longley or Dyer and Davies and being like, oh, you know what, forget it. Nobody's playing. You guys, I don't know what you're doing. And he goes and just out of frustration, he goes and clatters somebody and gets a yellow card. You've seen how he celebrates a goal. He celebrates a goal by punching him in the back and kicking him up the backside and, and getting and slapping him on the back of the head. You know, he is that type of player. So as soon as he came in, it was said, the first reports that were said by, by, I think it was Simone actually on here and, and other Italian journalists was that he's a fantastic, world-class talent, um, potentially world-class world talent, but he needs some, a strong leader beside him and somebody who has a bit of composure so that it, that balances him out. And that's where the mistake was made. We didn't do that. We, we then relied on our squad being Eric Dyer and Davies or someone like Longley coming in, you know? So we've been asking for two centre-halves for ages, for absolutely ages. Like Craig was saying there about bringing in win-now managers and not giving them the tools, you brought in Mourinho, he asked for Skriniar. Like, you, the, the, Mourinho and Conte are both kind of known as defensive, quote-unquote, defensive coaches, yet we didn't give him a defender. You know, we gave Mourinho Roden and... Um, I can't remember the other ones. But yeah, but we, we haven't really p given them the right tools for them to build on their own reputation as being a defensive coach. We've had to deal with this mishmash and, you know, week in, week out, season in, season out. We've seen the cracks get bigger and bigger and bigger. So a lot needs to change, bro. A lot needs to change for, to, to, to see the best out of this Tottenham side. And they have to, they have to, like Craig was saying, they have to fix... Firstly, admit the problems. Secondly, even if they don't want to eat humble pie and admit it to the fans, have that humble pie in the office and around the table with the rest of those board members and go, you know what? We really need to fix this. What do we need to do? Those advisors that advise us bad on, on buying this one and that one and spending that money, we, we can't speak to them no more. We need new advisors. We need new directions. There was talk of that kind of data analysis stuff coming in. Um, to, to to the side and and working on kind of getting players through that system. Fingers crossed, something like that happens because we have to be making smarter decisions. I can't believe how you can make the same mistakes week in week out, season in season out for twenty odd, twenty two odd seasons. Do you know what I mean? Time is it's time for change, and enough is enough. And like we've all said, <clears throat> that ball ain't going nowhere. Whether we like it or not, you know. Um, you know, there was a question, I know I'm ranting, there was a question that I asked at Ali Gold a couple of weeks ago, which was how much damage has uh, the board and their decisions had on the name Tottenham Hotspur, on the badge and on the shirt? Because I've said on here and I've said it before when I've been in a bad mood that managers come to this club to die now and so do good players. Good players come, you know, they can be fabulous in their club and then we sign them and then they suddenly start to trickle down and lose momentum and lose focus and lose that fight. You know, there, there has to be something within that structure that is <clears throat> making those players that are on the field that have done well in previous places 
you know, make them lose confidence in the structure that's behind them or the effort that they're putting out onto the field. Do you know what I mean? There has to be something that has been lost there over time. So it's time, this this season, this summer, it, it has to be time for change and there has to be major changes happened and uh, for, for us to move, it, even like a baby step forward, there's things that really need to be done and they need to do it. Well, those major changes that you say, Rick, uh, certainly involve the transfer window. Uh, the transfer window in England opens on the 14th of June. Uh, that is in just 17 days' time. Now, I want to ask you all the same question. I'm going to start um, with you on this one, Kim. Which players need to leave the club and what positions do Tottenham need to prioritise in the summer? Because in my opinion, we definitely need a goalkeeper. Uh, we need a number of defenders. We still need a creative midfielder, as you mentioned earlier, Kim. Um, it looks like Hugo Lloris will be heading out the door this summer. Lucas Moura, we know, is going. Uh, Sanchez, Davis, Tanganga, Perisic, Lengley, Kulusevski, Dan Juma could all be going uh, away from the football club. Uh, as you also mentioned earlier, Kim, Regulon, Winks, Brian Hill, Lo Celso, Roden, Spence, Ondombele, White and Udogi are all coming back from loan spells. This is a massive rebuild. This is a massive job, as you've all said during this stream. Kim, simple question. What players do you think will leave and what positions do Tottenham need to concentrate on in the summer? Uh, the players I'd like to see see leave, or I wouldn't I wouldn't like say I'd like to see anybody, but like the ones I wouldn't be bothered. I think Sanchez's time's probably up. Perisic I'm not bothered about. Um, you know, Winks, uh, you know, I like Harry, but you know, he's he's probably better off to be serving elsewhere somewhere. Um, you know, obviously the the problem we've got though, in Don Belly, like, you don't know who's gonna come in, may give LaSalle so another chance. But the problem we've got, Chris, is there's no way we're not going to do what Arsenal did with Aubameyang and say, right, you know, we'll write his contract off. He can go somewhere because Daniel Levy doesn't do that. If he's paid a lot of money for someone, he's not going to give them away, do you know? So th these players are only going to go out on loan once more. I mean, Regulian, I can't see him. I can't see Reggie getting much of a game now. But we need to bring in, we need a decent centre-half definitely need a decent centre-half. Someone that's going to be that stable figure, as you mentioned, like alongside Romero. We've got to get a creative midfielder. I mean, this is Tottenham. This is Tottenham to a T. Look what we could have picked up Jack Grealish for. And Jack Grealish would have been, have been such a, a an icon at Spurs. You know, he's just what we needed. You know, he's got that creativity in midfield. It'd have been fantastic there. We undenied, undenied, undenied and lost out on him. And that, that is Spurs and our ball to a T. And I, I honestly can't see I don't like to constantly knock the board, but because he has spent money. But I mean, whoever's been in charge of, of bringing in some of these players, I mean, all right, you might bring in one one that turns out a dud. But to keep doing it and doing it and doing it, you know, there's got to be something very wrong there. Um, you know, I just you know what is I could scout better than that. <laughs> Give me a job. <laughs> I'll go do some scouting for you. But no, seriously, it. Um, I just don't see how anything really is going to change because we've got so many players coming back. He's just not going to say, all right, you can have Endombele for 10 million. He's going to want to, you know, this is the problem why they're all out on loan in the first place because Daniel wants too much money for them. Um, and because they've not, I can understand, like, obviously, if you paid a lot of money for something, you won't, but it's like when you buy a new car, isn't it? By the time you go to sell it, you don't get your money back, do you? It's, 
it is what it is. But I can't see us doing that. I can't see us ripping up players' contracts. I can't see us selling these players off cheap. Um, and um, other players, I'd like I'd like Dan Juma to be given more of a chance. I'd like, um, as I said, I'm not bothered about Perisic staying. If I'm honest, long late. I don't really think we should go ahead with a purchase. I'd like to see, as I said, and I did say on the bench, so you can't knock me for this, I'd like to see Dyer stay as a bench player. As a, as a, No, no, Chris, don't put your hands over your face. Um, no, I'd like him to stay there as a squad player, not, not as a first-team starter. And the same with Ben Davis. I think Ben Davis can cover a numerous amount of positions. I think if someone's injured or suspended, I think he's, cut, he's a lad that will come in of a great cover and he, he won't let you down. As bench players, though, Chris, bench players, not in the first team 11. But I'd have them two on the bench and I would have kept Mora for the bench and then I'd have the rest of the bench as a mixture of kids and whoever else you got. But, I mean, you know, what, what are we going to do with all these players coming back? It's a ridiculous amount. There's that many coming back. I've kind of forgot who's coming back. This is what I'm really worried about. It is a huge job for anybody, and nobody's actually in the job to sort out the job. It's 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 crazy. Something needs to happen very very soon, and I'm hoping that we are going to get some official announcements in the very very near future. Craig, same question to you. Um, uh, let me just let me just say because I was I was getting a few comments in the comments about me saying that I could manage Celtic. Of course, I couldn't manage Celtic. It was just me. <laughs> trying to poorly explain that the Scottish League is not as strong as the Premiership, so of course I couldn't. And do you know what? If we get Ange Postacoglu in, I'd be behind him 100%, and I will look into him a bit further, because there are a few people saying good things about him. I Just for me, I'd, I, I would prefer Nagelsmann, I guess, and that's kind of where I was coming from. That I'm just incredibly frustrated that this manager search has gone on, as long as it has. When we've had clearer better options on the table. So let me just clear that up. Um, for me, in an ideal world, there's a lot of players that um, need to just go, tear up contracts, try and sell, whatever. And we all know that uh, Paratici wasn't very good um, at getting players out. You know, he was the recruitment was a bit better under him, but he wasn't very good at getting players out. Now we're in this situation. For me... Uh, Larice is going to be going, um, so we need to recruit a, a good goalie there. Um, uh, Dyer for me would be on his way, Sanchez would be on his way. Uh, I'd keep Davis personally as a squad player. Uh, I think Perisic needs to go, Sessignon probably needs to go. Skip, oh, I'm not sure about Oli Skip. Um, I've seen him have good games and bad games. I'll probably keep him as a squad player. Saar probably needs to go. La Celso needs to go. And Dombele needs to go. Roden needs to go. I'd keep hold of Regulon. Uh, Dan Juma probably go. Lucas is going. Um, recruit a attacking central midfielder playmaker. Probably could do with somebody to replace Lucas and Dan Juma. Um, Spence, I'd keep. Uh, Emerson, I'd keep. Uh, who else have I missed? Son, Kane, obviously Kulishevsky, I'd keep. Uh, who am I missing, Chris? Who have I mentioned? Holberg. IBA, I'd probably keep, yeah. Uh, Benzinkur, I'd obviously keep. Um, God, Romero, I'd keep. Oh, there's a fair few, though, Chris. I think I probably went through 10 names that we need to get rid of, which is 
obviously only my opinion, yeah. but it just goes to show there's a fair few players that <laughs> we need to get out the door, isn't it? Ricky, I need a very quick answer from you. Oh, that ain't going to happen. Oh, we all knew that. We all knew, as soon as you said the quick answer, mate, um, it's tough, but I agree with a lot of what Craig said there. I agree with uh, a lot of these kind of observations there. Uh, uh, I'd go, I'll, I'll try and make it quick and go in the keeps. So again, Kane, Son, Kulu, I'd keep. Richarlison, I'd keep. Uh, I, I would have loved to see more from Dan Juma, but you know what? I don't know whether buying him without a DOF, a manager, and with the amount, uh, how bloated our squad is going to be once he comes back. I don't know whether that's quite wise right now, especially when someone like Poro and Spence can play that role. Do you know what I mean? They can, you know, Poro can play right wing if we needed him up there or wing back. Do you know what I mean? So um, I'll probably let him go. Again, Perisic is probably going to want to go wherever Conte goes next summer. Um, And so I think it's probably wise to let him go in a free as well. Uh, Winksy, uh, I'm trying to keep on the keeps. Uh, Benton Curl, definitely keep. Um, Basuma, keep. Weyberg, uh, I'm a bit like this. If we can get good money for him and we can replace him with a decent midfielder, then I'd be happy with that. But I'm, I'm very confident. So I do think he has a lot of leadership skills and I do think he increased his assists and his goals this season. Obviously, it dropped off. Obviously, performances dropped off uh, towards the end of this season. Um, but the majority of the defence, I think, has got to go. And I agree with Sessegnon uh, going as well. Um, I think Tanganga needs a loan, at least. There's a lot that needs yeah. to be sorted, bro. There's a lot that needs to be sorted. Uh, it's too much to even go over everybody's kind of points. But um, oh, I forgot I was going to bloody well say. Um, oh, I can't remember. I can't. Can't remember. Can't remember. I'll probably bring it back in a little while. But yeah, no, I'll prob- I, I, I agree. I agree with with both Kimbo and, and Craig there. Can I just say, uh, there's somebody in the comments said, I can't believe what Craig said about Emerson a turnaround since the beginning of the season. Absolutely, hundred percent. Because I would have been Massive. one of the many that wanted him out the door. What a turnaround from him! So pleased that he's managed to do it. Just goes to show, doesn't it? You can't write anybody off. But brilliant for Emerson. Yeah, I would keep him. <laughs> Also, well, also I, just, I, I just remembered. Sorry, Chris, I just remembered. The, Kimbo mentioned that we don't rip up contracts, but let's look at Serge Aurier and Matty Doherty as well. Do you know what I mean? Both of those yeah. contracts. Yeah. My, my dad says exactly the same, Kimbo. He says, you know, Levy ain't going to never just give away a player. He's always going to want to pay a note for him. But those two examples, um, and especially at the times that they were done, so that we could bring in new recruits, it has happened before. So, Maybe he will rip up a couple of more this year. Not end on belly. Paid 60 mil for him. No, no, he won't. You're right there, Kim. You're right there. We'll do, um, we'll do a special show next week uh, to discuss this uh, in more detail and go through every single player. Um, Ricky, thanks so much for coming on this evening and uh, a big thank you to you because you've, you've, practically been on here every single week during this season you've been absolutely fantastic the viewers and listeners absolutely love you your opinion so thank you so much for all of your time oh listen bro always an honor and a pleasure and thank you for having me on for so many weeks and thank you to all the fans that are watching and that love what we do here it's it's a crazy club tottenham hotspur so thank you for being with us and 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 through these therapy sessions it's been great to kind of interact with you on twitter 
and you know and through these shows so thank you so much i think before i go everyone knows where to find me as well but before i go uh it's craig's missus's birthday so (laughs) happy birthday from from myself and 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 kimbo if we've ever got an away cup game at watford i want to be with you in your new motor because i saw that online and bloody hell that's a beast all right and just so that i don't get lost you've got to come pick me up and take me okay i will do you can pick us all up. Yeah. I had trouble getting through the bleeding whip restrictions today and the roof. It's got nails on the roof in Sainsbury's. I nearly took the roof off with it. Kim, it's been a pleasure having you back. Thanks so much. And uh, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. I've just finished my 17th book, The Boys. Uh, it's coming out, I think, end of February. And um, you can find me. I'm on Facebook, Kimberly Chambers. Um I've got an official Facebook page and a personal one. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Kimbo Chambers. So, yeah, so I'm having two books out next year. So I'm back on the writing roll. So um, before anyone knocks at me in the comments for saying I, I, I'd like to be a scout or I think I could do a better job, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek. I'm too busy with the books, however. <laughs> Craig, thanks so much for coming back. Where can everyone find you? Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, on, on Twitter, if you want to give me a follow, it's at DMN9, so uh, that'd be lovely. Uh, really enjoyed these these shows all season. It, it's great to have different opinions uh, and a bit of feedback in the chat from people. It just goes to show we're all different, but the one thing we all do have in common is wanting this great club to get back to where I think we all know it, it belongs. So um, whoever the manager is, whoever the director of football is, Whatever Levy does, let's get behind the club next season and hope for better things because we as fans truly do deserve it. Well, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on! <laughs> the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.